What is up, everybody? It's your boy Flash from ALWC Gaming, aka Malakai3636. Trent, was that? Trente Seis. That's what it is, right? Oh, Trente Seis. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I am here on February 28, 2023, on episode 6 of Alt Things Gaming with my wonderful co host. It's the Nine Ball. How are you doing today? Good, good. It's the, you know what I want to kind of do there? I wish I had like a little, like, like little, like insert the clap or like the crowd clapping for you, like yay! Is it eyeball? No, don't. No, no. <laughs> you don't no, think that'd no, be cool? No, no, we don't need a fake clapping thing. Like no, it it, no. it, it builds morale. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it sounds weird. It sounds quite fantastic. But how are you doing, Diggin' Man? Like I know that we talked a little bit off stream. You haven't really been watching a whole lot of stuff. Been playing a lot of stuff. Or am I wrong about that? Uh well it's we've been a bit it's been a bit busy I mean we've had a bit of let's say personal family issues going on family and friend issues other than that I've actually well come to think of it I've watched a couple shows I have I haven't watched the latest the Last of Us episode I have been keeping up with Picard and I did watch Ant Man ah how do you think what do you think about Ant Man it's okay. So, it's your Marvel movie. So I was about to say, so that actually does fall inside the realm of all things uh, ALWT Gaming. I know we haven't had our all-day anime segments in a very long time now, so I, I kind of want to take this time. You can spoil it for me specifically because I am not going to watch it. I've been Marveled completely out. Um, so what's the what's the highs, what's the lows? And before you just start, start jumping inside that, for anyone that's watching right now and do plan on watching Ant-Man or want to watch Ant-Man and want to avoid any spoilers, I would say check back in in about 10 minutes. So, or you can mute it. Well, I'm going to try to keep as much of it out as possible still. Okay. All right. So, so what's your overall experience with it? What are the beginning, middle, end? Were there any shockers in there? And what would you be your overall rating on a 10-point scale on the ALWT gaming scale? It's, I mean, like I said, it's more or less your typical Marvel movie. It's like some people are saying Marvel has fallen more and more into like this trap. To where the characters are more quippy one-liners. There were sudden villains that didn't need to be there that were there. And it's like, why is this villain there? There's, um, I did like the, um, villain, Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. A part at the end with him kind of got ridiculous on certain parts that you see, like, the mid-credit. Because there's a mid-credit scene and then there's a post-credit scene. I don't know why there's two of them, but there's two of them. I don't know why they just don't just show them both on mid-credit because I think, to be honest, it's stupid to make somebody wait that long just to see like a probably a two to five minute part. Um, Like I said, it more or less if you like Marvel movies, it's sort of like that. One of the biggest problems is an event happens at the end and there's like no consequences for it. Mm. And I felt like there was like a portion where when he did a certain thing and something happened, there should have been a consequence, but really there's no consequence for it. You're like, oh, it's just it's not a typical Marvel movie. We're not going to have any like weighted or big decisions which have a big or have like a permanent or big impact because it's like they're scared. This is the second entry of Ant Man, right? Yeah. Um, no, it's the third. There's a se- oh, there was there was the one where it was the him and the and the wasp girl, right? Yeah, and it was going up against Ghost. That's right. Okay, so did you watch all three of them, or have you only seen 
I've seen them. all three of them because the first one was you know, you're gonna have to know the first one too because yeah. they have let's say some people will be returning from the first one from the first Ant-Man because they had a guy in there and I was kind of for a little bit I almost until they reminded you they almost forgot who that guy was they're like hey I'm such and such you're like huh <laughs> oh oh that guy Gotcha. Like, what's, I'm supposed to remember this. <laughs> what would you... Uh, so, if you had to rate all... Th- like, in order, from worst to best, what would you rate the Ant-Mans that you've seen so far? I can't remember the second part. I'm not gonna lie. I remember the first part. The first part was hilarious, but they had that fight, fight as the miniature, so I think that was the best one. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's kind of sad for me, because I... Like again, again, I know I'm marveled out. I do generally like Marvel movies, but it's so fatigued on what they're doing. It's it feels very much like uh, how uh, Rockstar is doing for GTA Five. Like we've had GTA Five for like twenty plus years now. They haven't made a game. They just been doing DLC because they're milking the crap out of it. That's what it feels like Marvel's doing with this set of Avengers. They're just milking the crap out of it, which I feel fatigued on that. And so kind of going back on over to Ant Man. Like, I did watch it, but, like, they showed the villain at the very beginning, but then he is non-existent for the entire movie until the very end. Like, he doesn't, even, honest- he doesn't even do a thing that's... He doesn't even do one bad thing. <laughs> that's the thing that makes it more like, what What was this movie about? He doesn't do a single bad thing the entire movie until the very end. I mean, the third one, I'm trying to put him in perspective because I, I, I like the battle scene at the end. I think that was like the coolest scene, having it, especially with the little train at train scene. Mm-hmm. And it was fighting as miniatures. I thought that was kind of funny on that one. Um, I would make the third one the second best one. I would make the the second one probably the third. I would have to re-see the second one. For some reason, that one, I don't really remember it. I knew the villain's name was Ghost. It was a girl named Ghost. Mm-hmm. And that's all I remember. And I, I remember watching it. But I don't remember much of it. If, But like I said, the biggest thing I've seen with most of the newer ones, because I've seen the Wakanda one, too, which I thought, again, was okay. I didn't think it was, like, as good. I, and, and I'm right there with you. I, did, I I watched... So here's the thing. I thought it was a fantastic Wakanda movie. I don't think it was a Black Panther movie. And there's a difference there. I did enjoy Black Panther immensely. And then I, uh, and then I also enjoyed the Wakanda movie, especially with the tribute that they did have to Chadwick Bosman. I enjoyed both of that. But... Was that a Black Panther movie? No, not exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they now, yeah. I, I also thought they did a great job passing the torch to Prince T'Challa, like the the kid. Um, which, uh, spoiler that was a spoiler, by the way. <laughs> so I apologize in advance, but at I, I this think, point, you they've showed it like it's on a, every billboard on Disney. Mm, yeah, yeah. So I, I think they did it's a great like job. It's like a semi spoiler at this point. If you don't know who the Black Panther is. Mm-hmm. You either blind or you had your head in a rock. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where I was just like, okay, that was a that was a clever way of passing the torch, and I I liked how they did it because they can still have T'Challa, it just won't be the T'Challa, like it won't be Chad with Bosman T'Challa, and um, and I and I think that like my I know my buddy Shaolin Q, which we've had this conversation before, 
he has his qualms with that. He's not exactly the biggest fan on that. He feels like this is kind of like a cop out for them on that. But I am in the I'm in the point where I feel like I feel like that they I think they did it right because as a society, no one was ready for um nobody was ready for uh for uh what's his face, Chadwick Bosman to die the way that he did. No yeah, no, no one it, saw that coming, you know what I mean? So no. It was just one of those things where it's just like you can't just simply replace. If he died of old age, then I, I can see people doing that. Like you'll just replace that uh, T'Challa and everything like that. He didn't die of old age. He died from a, a disease that we had no idea that he was going through, a battle that he was fighting alone and or with family, and like we had no idea that this was happening. I think too. I agree with you on that. When they did do that part, I have to give him credit on that. I feel like if you had just taking chat that probably would have been the coldest thing to do it's mm -hmm. just oh he's gone we'll just throw another guy immediately in and just pretend like it never happened exactly and that's what yeah that's what my thing was like i don't you can't especially yeah, you with can't. especially with the black community now that we had because we don't have a static shock <laughs> you know what i mean we don't have a, i've we, heard rumors actually of that might be coming out uh, yeah i've heard of that too but but i mean as of right now the, yeah. the thing is that we don't have a static shock. We we uh we had a T'Challa, and that was that was pretty much about it right now. Like we had a storm, yeah, but yeah, we got a Miles Monroe. They, I keep hearing about him too, Miles Monroe. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's gonna be coming out to Spider Man pretty soon. <laughs> On the stream, uh, in case you guys are wondering, I um yeah, obviously my. Uh, I, I do not have my camera on because I still have USB uh, issues, unfortunately, at this time. So I put a wonderful picture of myself uh, back in the day, just kind of showing on here. So that way you guys have a little face to look at uh, when we're going on over to when you speak with Nineball. So Nineball, you also have a little <laughs> you also have a little uh, uh, image to speak to as well. I know you can't see it right now unless you actually go to the mainstream. But yes, um, wanted to throw that out there. So. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but kind of going back to your point though on over the Ant Man. So talk about Ant Man three more specifically because Ant Man one. Um, uh, I'll go ahead. Yeah. So what what do you if you had to put it on a, a ten point scale, what would you rate Ant Man three? I don't know. I would have to put it probably out of six. I think it was worse than. Matt. Well, I don't know. I'd put it maybe a seven or a six. The biggest problem is basically, like I said, it's not. Well, I don't know how to put it. It's it's like Marvel keeps doing the same thing. It worked a couple of times, and Marvel just said, let's keep doing that. Eventually, and this is my problem with a lot of shows. I've had problems, and I'm not going to mention them all, cause, um, but um, some shows have a thing of just putting yourself in this box instead of going out. And that's what I feel like some Marvel movies are doing. And One movie I liked and I saw the potential was actually Multiverse of Madness mm -hmm. I thought that could have been way better than what we got Scarlet Witch's episodes of Sanity is well known in the Marvel Universe and how they did it was just like oh well she's just evil now the motivation was good but the things behind it but how it was played out really didn't do that well. I thought that Kang the Conqueror was a... He may have not been the best villain for this one. He's sort of like in that... You remember Batman versus Superman? Yeah. It was sort of like that with 
Doomsday? Because I felt like Doomsday shouldn't have been the villain. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think Doomsday was was. Fine. I think Doomsday was fine. I think Lex Luthor was the wrong choice. Lex Luthor, but I feel like Doomsday. Doomsday should have been the Justice League villain. Oh yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I agree. I agree. Doomsday. They should have had like an. Uh, what was that? Ultraman? Ultra? Ultron? They have an Ultron or something like that over there. I can't remember his name, but something like that would have been awesome. And it's sad to see that the Marvel movies were on top of the Marvel Cinematic. The Marvel Cinematic Universe was on top, and it's sort of slipping down. And to be honest, I'm not gonna lie. I'm more excited about the Flash movie than the Marvel movie. I would be if it wasn't that guy. I know, but. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of him either. But I'm. It, it's one of those things where DC is just you got to play the hand you're given, and I I know it sucks, but they had to cancel several movies behind it. I mean, they got to deal with that. Thing I deal with the whole Amber Heard thing because they had film the uh, Aquaman two, and then Amber Heard did what she did. Yeah. <laughs> you filmed the Flash, and then he does what he did, and you're like, oh, what, what do we do? We either a can the entire movie and have to restart from scratch or B we just go with it and they just chose the latter we're just gonna go with they chose the right, they chose B <laughs> <laughs> so you so going back to the rating of Ant-Man so you're saying it's either a 6 or a 7 for you ultimately I'm gonna go with a 6 with a 6 right okay. I mean it has fun parts but even some of the people that died, you didn't even know. I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. And they had, like, this foot of one person, like, died. And, you know, like, he died. Oh, no. What happened? Who was that guy? Oh, the guy from 10 minutes that was in the show for maybe 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> was I supposed to feel something here? And, um... It was the same thing when I remember it brought back to like Snow White and the Huntsman did that with like one of the dwarves got killed and I was like, oh, who, who was that? Snow White and the Huntsman. I owned that movie. I don't remember that. Yeah, one of the dwarves died. I remember that because I think he got killed to something. And I was like, and I was singing a song about him or something. And he was like, oh. I, I don't remember that actually. I mean, because that has Chris Hemsworth in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it had Chris Hemsworth and the girl that plays... Uh, Bella from uh the what's it, Twilight? Yeah, I, yeah. Actually, yeah, I, I own that movie. I can't remember. I actually don't remember any uh dwarves dying. So I did. Yeah, one of the dwarves. I remember that one because they were singing a song, and I remember that. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at to look that up again because it's been a while. But, but um, okay. Oh, let's let's say. But um, it it's fun if you like Marvel movies or you're still into them. You can give it a go, but. For me, it's just it's getting to the point of okay. Like I, I want to see. I'm sort of excited for Guardians of the Galaxy because it looks like they're going to take a different turn on that one, which I hope it does do well. But I'm kind of starting to get where you're at with Marvel movies, where you're just kind of burning out on them. Yeah. And it, and again, like it's not even so much that I'm burnt out on Marvel as a whole. It's just what they're just milking the crap out of this specific group. 
and I need something new. Like if you should have given me Morbius, a better Morbius that is, but should have given me Morbius right after the Avengers. Should have given Morbid me time. Moon Knight right after the Avengers. You know what I mean? Like, is why am I still focusing on Hawkeye? How come I'm still following the Winter Soldier in uh, Falcon, which is now the new Amer- Captain America? How come I'm still focusing on the Hulk? How come I'm still focusing on Thor? How come I'm still focusing on freaking uh, Black Widow and she died in the initial movie? You're still, you know what I mean? I know that, I know that was a legal issue there, but it's just like still, I mean, and that comes like in real life because as to why Black Widow uh, movie or series was released afterwards. But it's just like, again, why are we, why are we so fixated on uh, this specific did, did, group? Did you ever hear why? <laughs> uh, they said something. Like, it's been all over the internet about why that, because uh, they didn't think female superheroes didn't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And oh my God. And what inspired them to finally do it? Because I remember they, a lot of people were talking about that. Marvel did not release a Black Widow movie because they, they, somebody had said that female superheroes don't make money. Mm. And they changed their tune when Wonder Woman came out. And they made a whole bunch of money off of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Then, all of a sudden, they released theirs. Like, oh, oh, shoot, yeah, we need to do something. And we're not going to talk about that Black Widow movie. Oh, God, oh, that was bad. But, but again, even whether it was bad or not, it's just the fact of how they're they're still releasing it right around the time when Infinity War and uh, uh, Endgame came out. So it's just like, all right, you th- that Infinity War and Endgame, if that didn't come out, then, I mean, uh, granted, a lot of the series and movies probably wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But I would have felt like there's, they're still alluding to something. The way that Infinity War slash Endgame ended, it gave me closure for those characters. I didn't need, for for that time, I didn't need to immediately have another season or a movie about them anymore. Did you, you know ever I mean? see the Eternals? No, I, no, I didn't. Like, no. I haven't, like, because I know, because uh, there's, the, there's the Defenders, which I know that that was like Luke Cage and... Uh, that was... Uh, yeah, I didn't watch all of it. It was, I didn't really get into that one. Yeah, but it's just it's just one of those things where it's just like, if 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 they if the actual because that the problem is that it wasn't that wasn't the same team that did the uh, that did like the Avengers. It wasn't the same team. It was an entirely different team. I actually liked it the smaller series. I liked the Luke Cage Daredevil. That version of Daredevil, not the Ben Affleck Daredevil. <laughs> that version of Daredevil, I actually liked that one, and um, I absolutely adored Jessica. Um, what was her? Jessica Jones. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I liked it, those kind of heroes. Though I sort of, I sort of like am a fan of those smaller style of heroes like that. Well, but that's the thing. Focus, like they could be a smaller hero like that. But but have the Marvel budget, you know what I mean? Like what they what they did for Iron Man, what they did, give it to that team, and then proceed on, and then I probably won't be having my Marvel fatigue right now, because right now I, I could care less about Wanda, I could care less about Vision, I could care less about Hawkeye and Captain America, and like I, I could care less about all of them, just because um, they, they've given me so much, and that's the reason why I'm just I'm fatigued out, like I. They just shoved it down my throat the whole time. And I was just like, all right, y'all. Well, it's too how many they launched. Like, I think this year they got three movies lined up. Yeah, it was about spaced out. Don't make it all, like, right there. <laughs> you've got, like I said, Ant-Man. In a couple months, you've got 
Who else is you, already, out? you already got uh, Thor and Guardian of the Gal- Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. And then Marvels are like the Marvels or something. Yeah. They just throw those down your throat. And yeah. it is, uh, I see why people are getting burned down on them. And like I said, it's sort of how, I mean, this characters, they need to make, if you're going to make a serious part in the show, Make the character serious some parts. Some parts you're cracking jokes and you're like, hey, should I be laughing here? Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be funny or serious. Yeah. yeah. It's just one of those things where, again, like I said, that yeah. I've just been fatigued just because they didn't focus on a new cast. They're just giving me the same exact uh, cast of characters, which I likely know how the outcome is going to be. You know, th- those are scenarios where it's just, it's pretty predictable and and it's just very it's, it's just very like okay I I don't give me something new I can we can come back to an Iron Man two like if you want to have a, a kid take up Iron Man or something like that we can go back I would even prefer like a War Machine which is still like not that far from Tony Stark but again I would uh, I, I would even take it I, to like a War Machine to where I would like to follow his exploits versus just being fixated on people I've already had my time with in previous movies. So that's where I'm at there. But y'all didn't come here to hear, uh, here's rave about Marvel and, and all that stuff. You guys came here for some video gaming news, which we're going to get into because we actually have a plethora of news on here. Again, every single uh, uh, Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, me, it's Nine Ball, and currently our absent buddy, Mill Dewey Carrot, we get together and we talk about video game news, the things that we love about it, things that we hate about it, all that good stuff. What The whole thing is all video game mantra. You feel me? Um, we usually go for about an hour, hour and a half. Uh, and then we have our other streams that we had throughout the week whenever they are operative and valid. Um, so uh, what we what we have today, we have about uh, eight stories in total. About four of them are could be rec- uh, re- uh, situated as required reading. And we'll see if we actually get to those today. But I also want to let you guys know that we have a fantasy gaming league out there uh, for video games. And what it is is that literally is very similar to fantasy football. We go against everybody, though, instead of being against one person on a weekly basis. We're against everyone at the same time all, all year round, so uh, on an annual basis. And it is on a 100-point uh, threshold. So 70 points being the, uh, be the threshold for uh, for uh, 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 Metacritic, Open Critic. Anything that scores above that gains you points. Anything that scores below that loses you points. And then anything that's right at 70, you neither gain nor lose. Um, on here... There's also another thing called counterpicks on there that we actually do have that you can try to do to screw up your other teammate. And um, if they if the game comes out and you counterpick the game, if it does poorly, then you gain the points that your opponent would lose, but they still lose those points. If it does great, they gain the points like they normally would, but you honestly take a hit, which is a little frustrating at times. And if it does not come out that year, then you actually just made a vacant spot for them and they cannot switch it out because they can't gain any points from that. So you just kind of... Uh, completely voided it out and messed them up. So there you go. So on here, we actually have a little bit of a shift there, uh, Nineball. There's been a little bit of a change in leadership. Um, yeah, it's very interesting here. And I want to start off with our number one uh, leader right now, which is season one winner, Mildewy Carrot. 
He currently has 30 points right now. He, with Hogwarts Legacy sitting at 14 points, which he got at 84 on Metacritic. He has uh, Wild Hearts got him 10 points. Company of Heroes 3 got him 10 points. And he has a, a counterpick of One Piece Odyssey, which actually did do pretty decent. So he got, uh, got him negative four points. Um, Wild Hearts and Company of Heroes 3 got 80 on Metacritic. And then One Piece Odyssey got a 74. But even with that little ding to his points right there, he's still sitting in first place with 30 points right now. So well, I can't blame him on that One Piece Odyssey. I I would have picked it myself. Yeah. Anime games generally are like Warhammer games. Middle of the road, usually bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Every once in a while, you get your you get your big one, you get your good one. I'm not saying they're all bad, but most mo anime like video games based off of animes almost are like not really good. Yeah. But yeah, but so uh, the rest of his list is looking like this. He currently has a, uh, the rest of the games are pending for him. Is Marvel Spider Man Two? He has Sons of the Forest, Advanced Wars One Plus Two Reboot Camp, Minecraft Legends, Terra Nil, Adelir Ryza Three, Alchemist of the End, and The Secret Key. He has an open spot still. In second I place, go ahead. Try that Adelir Ryza. I'll probably get the next time I go on sale because I keep seeing it everywhere. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what the heck it is. Uh, in second place right now, we actually have one of our newbies in here. Silent. Oh, no, no, no that's not a newbie. No, no, remember he was fantasy football. Yeah, I lied. Yeah. So, yeah, so Silent was a Titan Brain Guild Punch, which is, uh, yeah. So he has two games that had launched, and they did pretty well. So the first one was Fire Emblem Engage, got 11 points, which is 81 on Metacritic. He has uh, Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, which got 16 points, 86 on Metacritic. And then he has uh, two open spots still, and then the rest of his games follow as such. He has Liza P, Armor Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, Pikmin 4, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, uh, Metro Prime 4, Dragon Age Dreadwolf, and he has a counterpick of Bayonetta Origins, Cereza, and The Lost Demon. And he's sitting, like I said, in second place with 28 points. He's uh, got to drop that Metroid. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, third place right now, we have Illuminati's Living, a.k.a. Let's Be Live. Uh, the two two that got him some points was Octopath, Tra Octopath Traveler 2, which got him 15 points, and uh, got an 85 on Metacritic. And then Like a Dragon Ishin, which got him 10 points, 80 on Metacritic. He has uh, two other games, which is Final F uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Hollow Silk Song, that's three, I should say, and Seas of Stars. He has five open spots, and he has a kind of pick of Wolf Among Us 2. And he's sitting in third place with 25 points. In fourth place, this is a newbie. Here we go. It is Dr. Q, a.k.a. Shallon Keys, a.k.a. Dr. Keys. He has uh, the only game, though he has two games that's out. Uh, or, yeah, he has two games because one of them is a counterpick. So he has Dead Space Remake, which got him 19 points. and 89 on Metacritic. 89 on Metacritic. He uh, he has four other games that are pending, which is Suicide Squad, Kill Justice League, Alan Wake 2, Dead Island 2, Bayonetta Cere uh, Origins, Cereza, and The Lost Demon. He has five open spots and has a counterpick of four spoken, which got a 67 on Metacritic, which gave him three points. Uh, I know that's technically, if you do the math, 19 plus 3 is 22, but on here, it's it's rounding it's rounding up. It's rounding up to the points, so he actually does have 21 points, in fact. So in fourth place, he has 21 points. In fifth place is yours truly, representing ALWT Gaming. I have uh, one game that dropped, and that was Horizon Call of the Mountain. And I have a counterpick 
uh, Black Myth Wukong, which was confirmed it's not coming out this year. So I just messed up uh, Gravitron. Um, the rest of my uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain got it 11 points. Uh, so that's 81 on Metacritic. And then the rest of my games are pending, which is Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Hades 2, uh, Forza Motorsport, Xbox Series X version, Oxen Free 2, Lost Signals, Eater Knight, Stellar Blade, Pal World, Remnant 2. In sixth place, wow, is our former winner, Moga, Make Ohio Great Again. He has one game that dropped so far, and that was. Uh, One Piece Odyssey, which got him four points, 74 on Metacritic. He has four other open slots, which are... He has five open slots and then four other games that are pending, which is Diablo 4, Starfield, Assassin's Creed Mirage, Starker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, and then his counter pick is Skull and Bones. Um, like I said, he's sitting in sixth place with, uh, with four points right now. In seventh place is Gravitron right now. Who is on that little struggle bus at the moment? On that struggle bus, um, he has five games right now. That's uh, that's selected. Five open spots has one counter pick. The open spot or the game that he has picked that dropped was Four Spoken, which got him sixty-seven three uh, negative three points. Um, so sixty-seven on Metacritic, I should say. Atomic Heart, which kind of saved him, so that got that was seventy-four on Metacritic and got him four points. Uh, Black Myth of Wukong, which is not coming out this year. And so that gave him one point in total. That's all his points right there. The remaining games that he has that's coming out is Star Wars Jedi Survivor that's pending and Skull and Bones that's pending. And like I said, he has five open spots. It's a counter pick of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I feel like he'll be fine there. But if that game truly does drop earlier, like at before the year is actually over, like this actual calendar year, oh boy, he's in trouble. And currently in last place right now, mainly just because none of his games have dropped just yet, is Zaka Corp, aka it's the Nine Ball. He has Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, Wolong Final Fallen Dynasty, Redfall, The Wolf Among Us 2, The Plucky Squire, Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2, War- Warhammer 40k, Space Marine 2, System Shock, Tekken 8. He has an open spot, and Sons of the Forest is his counter pick. That's currently in early access. There you go. There you go. So that is how we are looking and cooking at the moment. For our fantasy gaming league and of course if you guys felt tired through that entire time of me talking you guys can go to repsports.com repsports.com type in LWT gaming at checkout and get 15% your raise energy drink raise the bar raise your spirits raise your height alright what do you look like when you're on raise the nine ball what do you look like what, what face do you make I can't make the face I, I just look like probably what i look like right now <laughs> well that's not good marketing let's let's go ahead and get get that turn that frown upside down all that so make sure you guys go to rep sports reppsports.com type in lwt gaming at checkout get 15 percent off now remember raise the bar raise the bar ha so now that we got all of that out the way story number one state of play recap just a little, uh, before we fully, fully dive into that, I do want to throw out there that for anyone that is watching right now or watch later on, you, uh, there was a Pokemon day that happened yesterday, 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which we were not going to react to um, for a couple reasons. But 
if you guys want to check that out, make sure you guys go to YouTube, check out Nintendo stuff for that. It wasn't anything spectacular, so you've been warned. But if you want to uh, celebrate Pokemon Day and see what had what was announced yesterday, by all means, make sure you guys are checking that out. Um, so the State of Play recap. Ethan Gotch from Kotaku says this in their article. It's been a minute since Sony's last State of Play showcase, and PlayStation fans have been hungry for new updates and big reveals on PS5's future. What they got today was not that. Resident Evil 4, Street Fighter 6, and more known quantities all got refreshed, uh, fresh trailers, while an extended gameplay demo for Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League showed it may indeed be, uh, be more of a live service game than Batman Arkham's successor. Here's everything shown in Thursday's live stream. And then there's a link in there. So, I'm, so if you, again, this is on Kotaku, Ethan Gotch. So, the first thing was called Foglands, which did not look interesting to me. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm just going to kind of quickly go through these. And then we can, and then if there's anyone that stick out to you in there, Nightball, um, I can try to see if I can play a video in the background and we can go from there. So, I mean, looks sort of like, what's that other game that's out? Um, inscription. Yeah, there people were talking about that because of the cards and stuff. But yeah, no, it's it's it was uh, so Foglands with shades of Weird West and Dishonored. The Foglands looked like it could be a neat VR experience if it's more than just original shooter. Then you you know what? Let's go ahead and do this. I'm going to um. All right, we're not going to do this the whole time, but what I am going to do is for uh. Uh, let me just hide that for right now. Bam, there we go. So what I am going to go ahead and do is I actually am going to share my screen to the, to the actual uh, Twitch audience. And you guys can see exactly what I'm seeing on the article here. Because I want to make sure you guys can see this video when I'm playing it. Um, and then we can kind of go from there. Let me see if I can share my screen with you there too, Nineball, so that way we're good to go. Bam and bam and oop, pull that up and bam and then let me up 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 come on come on there we go and bam uh, confront that cool all right so you're able to see my screen right now right yep okay cool so we're watching this like a little bit in the background. I'm going to mute the music and everything. So again, with Shades of Weird West and Dishonor, the Foglands look like it could be a neat VR experience. Um, I did that before I actually even... <laughs> Let me do this. All right, hold on. There we go. Going back to this. All right, you still see the screen, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Alright, so once again, uh the Foglands is a weird West and Dishonored uh Dishonored. The Foglands look like it could be a neat VR experience if it's more than just another shooter you have to put a headset on for. A trailer for the sci fi western roguelike show more showed myriad ways for uh for you to kill your foes, whether you prefer a forty four Colt or just throwing a wrench at them. Throwing right hooks is also encouraging. The game will be on Oculus Quest 2 as well as PSVR 2 later this year. So that's kind of like a little bit, and that's what you guys are seeing right now is the uh, PSVR 2 version of the game. Didn't really look like anything spectacular to me per se, um, but yeah. So what are, you, what are your thoughts about this so far? Uh, the animation kind of brings me back to kind of like, what is that? 
what was that? Um, I think Argonauts. I, Psychonauts, in a way. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like that weird Tim Burton style. Uh, let's say, sort of like the Nightmare Before Christmas and stuff kind of feel or look to it. Yeah. But it, like you said, for me, it's the same. It's I'd have to see more before I can say it's like the greatest game ever. <laughs> um. On over here, we have another one which was called Green Hell VR. I'm not going to play this video, but this Green Hell VR looks like a survival style. Ever feel like VR is missing something? Like, say, the ability to pound trees with rocks? Green Hell has you covered. Take on tigers and defense foliage in a older VR ga uh, game when it's ported to v PSVR 2 later this year. I've seen that game already. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they said it's ported on over, so that means it already existed before. Synapse. Yeah, Synapse. Another shooty, shooty shoot. Synapse appears to be a, a moody VR action game which takes you out of faceless goons in a world of black and gray. A colorful prism uh, appear, uh, appears to be behind the violence. Uh, it reminds me of Super Hot. It doesn't have a firm release date yet, but you should be able to start dual wielding sometime before the end of 2023. So Synapse, if you guys are looking forward to that. Journey to Foundation. I'm glad to see that Isaac Asimov's uh, create incredible sci-fi series continues to get adapted. Your aspired text with investigating civil unrest on the edge of a galactic empire as it begins to crumble. Hopefully the fiction is more than just a backdrop. It's planned to come out on VS, B, uh, PSVR 2 this fall. So yeah, so Journey to Foundation. Before Your Eyes. One of 2021's standout indie game, Before Your Eyes, is also getting a PS5 VR2 treatment. You play as a recently deceased character reliving their memories on the way to the afterlife. Every time you blink in real life, the PSVR2 hardware can tell the scene changes. Uh, it comes to PS PlayStation headset on uh, March 10th. I what game was this? This is Before Your Eyes. I'll play a little trailer for you right now. Yeah. This one to me just spells headache. <laughs> like I could, see, I could see that just kind of being a real, a real like crap for me, for me to actually try to pay attention to and everything. I, I feel like I would have a humongous headache from that. Uh, it might not be. Yeah, especially if you. It says every time you blink your eye, the ch the scene changes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, I, you, I don't, I don't know how much I blink in a day, but I know it's a lot. So, um, yeah, yeah, this is, this doesn't do it for me. For me, if I had a VR, this would, might be the only one. I love projects, but the problem is this feels more like a, the way it makes it sound, sounds more like a demo mm -hmm. than a game. I've played a few like these types of games. Uh, like I, I still play house house flipper. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to to the next one. Oh, if I can actually, there we go. I think. Where's my? Come on. I hate it when the mouse is like missing. <laughs> there we go. Jeez. Okay. All right. That was before your eyes. So on here, Destiny 2 Lightfall. So this is expansion. 
I don't think it has anything to do with VR2. So the latest big expansion for Bungie's Loot shoot, Shooter has arri arrives next week. A new, uh, and this will be this week, because uh, again, this article is from like last week. So a new trailer showed what will likely be key parts of Lightfall's opening cinematic, including the Traveler using its powers to blow up some aliens. Fans have waited almost a decade for this moment. Um, a little bit of exciting news for anyone that is curious about this. I personally do not care, but Chia is actually going to be included inside the PlayStation Plus and extra uh, PlayStation Plus Extra and above uh, 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 for members on that. What one. is that? Chia, it's like a little cutesy game where you're like you're this little girl and you're able to take your soul and go inside like an animal or whatever like that and travel as the animal and. I literally have no idea what it's about, but it says Chia is an open world sandbox adventure inspired by the devs' homeland of New Caledonia. It also appears in one of the first indie games coming day and date, the PlayStation Plus extra tier of Sony's revamped. I, it's not a Game Pass competitor. I don't know why they say that. But anyway, the game comes out March 21st. So it comes out in literally about 30 days, uh, a little bit more than that, because it's only 28 days. Like in Mira. Yeah. You said what? Kind of like I don't know why I'm getting things like Mirror. Okay, I, I think I know. I know what this is. I yeah. forgot about. Okay. Yeah, it was a, it was a game that I have zero interest in. This is, does nothing for me. But I'd be one of those relaxing games. I don't care. If I wanted to relax, I'll watch some anime or watch a show. Um, here's another one that's Humanity. So this there's a little trailer right there. I'll play it for you guys. This again doesn't do anything for me, but we'll see. So Res Infinite and Testrit Effect uh, connected. Maker Enhanced revealed uh, its next game, Humanity, will continue on PS5 in addition to the PS4. The action puzzler has you control a dog, shepherding massive anonymous uh, crowds around surreal environments. It supports PSVR and PSVR 2 with the demo out now, so that's already out right now. The full game arrives in May. Again, does nothing for me. Looks like a... Uh... I've seen this before. This game, I thought it was already out. No, they announced it a long time ago, and then you haven't heard anything about it until now. Yeah, so yeah, this is one of those games where people were waiting for it. I could care absolutely less about this game. I do not care about That'd this. That'd be fun. Nah. Like, you get to be a dog. Nah. It's like Stray, except you play as a dog. <laughs> Um, this one, another game I really don't care for. That was just weird. Yeah, Goodbye Volcano High. This one seems to be like almost like a dating sim style game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so rhythm visual novel Goodbye Volcano High continues to look very sharp. The indie game defying a 4chan troll campaign comes to PS4 and PS5 in June. The developers revealed that the voice talents of Ozioma Akaga, uh, Abe Bueno Jalad, Alagra Clark, and Mark Witten will be joining previously revealed cast. So there Who you are go. Those I don't know, but I apologize in advance if I butchered your name. So if you happen to be watching this. Next up was Naruto the Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Co Connections, not Collection, Connection. The game of the Ultimate Ninja Storm fighting game series will feature in the largest roster yet and arrive on PS4 and PS5 sometime in 2023. It marks the 20th anniversary of Naruto anime and will support 60 frames on PS5. Ashura Atsuki and Indra Otsuki will join the 124 playable characters from the previous game uh, with more to be announced later. Yeah, okay. Baldur's Gate 3. 
the nights uh the night is full of the night is dark and full of mi- mind flyer uh flares and yes oh they're God, coming to console and is that is that really from uh what was that boot show stranger things uh the mind flare yeah mind flares and yes they are uh they're coming to console Baldur's gate three the intricately detailed RPG from Larian uh, Studio that feels like it's been in early access forever is coming to PS5 on August 31st. That's great news for anyone who didn't have an upgrade. It didn't ha- uh, want to have to upgrade their PC to play the spiritual successor to two fantastic games: Baldur's Gate 2 and Divinity: Original Sin 2. So there you go. So if you guys are looking into, heard that. Some, some I need to play the. Divinity. Oh, sorry. Divinity. I need to play the Divinity. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind trying out Boulder's Gate, especially depending on like how it how it plays, how it runs. So Boulder's Gate three, by all means, come to Papa. Wayfinder. This one, uh, this one looked interesting to me. This one did look interesting to me. So reveal back in. I'll play a little trailer in the, in the background when I'm talking about it. All right. So there we go. Um, where you at? Where you at? Where you at? There you go. Bam. All right. Wayfinder. Wayfinder. That's humanity. Goodbye. Blah, blah, blah. Baldur's Gate. Wayfinder. Okay. Revealed back in 2022 Game Awards, Wayfinder is an online action RPG from Airship Syndicate, the studio behind Darksiders Genesis and League of Legends spinoff Ruin King, a League of Legends story. That last one was excellent and gives me hope Wayfinder won't be the next multiplayer game on the live service funeral. Uh, yeah, funeral pyre. Season one of Early Access starts in May on PS4 and PS5. This one might be dead. Why you say that? I'm not really feeling this one right now. I need to see more of it. Yeah, I was about to say I actually am enjoying this one. This I think this one looks kind of cool, uh, but it does depend it depend on the entry point. So we'll see how that looks moving forward. It's got to be free. Uh, if it's free, that'd be awesome. If it's free, it's for me. That's my motto. Um. So yeah. So there you go. That was uh for way uh Wayfinder, Wayfinder. Um. Next up was Street Fighter Six. They just introduced uh new characters on here, uh, but some of them are just old characters. They're just older. So Zangief Big, a new trailer for uh Capcom's upcoming fighter game showed the Russian uh, wrestler is back. In as in back in bit back breaking action, as well as Lily, a character brand new to Street Fighter 6. She hails from Mexico and is full of plucky flair. The trailer ended with a look at Cammy being angry that she has to wear denim jacket with a giant union jack on it. Um, the game releases on June 2nd. I'm very excited about this game. I'm very excited about this game, especially Cammy. That's Bay, that's Bay right there. Um, on here. Yeah, they did you see the cami if uh check out Maximum Dodd's video. <laughs> <laughs> um Resident Evil four. So on here, how about open fire instead of your mouth? Leon is back and full of quips. Resident Evil Four the remake comes out March twenty fourth. The demo coming in the PS five in weeks ahead. Um in the meantime you can enjoy the above look at knife fights in minecart rides. That should be pretty good. 
And then they ended off, yeah, and then they ended off with Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. I don't think there's anything else. Yeah, Suicide Squad killed Justice League, which looks like a fun time with friends, but I don't think it's going to be really the most standout game that you really want. So we finally got a real cl close look at Rocksteady's next game, complete with chaotic four-player co-op on a mission that result that revolved around shooting giant purple uh, pustules. pustules. With Harley Quinn and company bouncing around building tops in giant sandbox, uh, looking like a cross between Crackdown 3 and Anthem, hopefully the final game is more promising than when it arrives on May 26. The cutscenes looked fine, at least. They had to bring those two up, like two of the biggest failures, like yeah. Crackdown 3, everybody waited years for. It just came and went, and I'm not even going to start on Anthem. Yeah. Oh my God, Anthem! That was probably oh God, that that was I don't know. That was probably that for me. That's probably one of the worst launches was Anthem. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, they uh, didn't have to do that. Dude. Where is there? You go. And there. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna stop my stream there for you there, and I'm gonna try to fix this because there we go. Bam, cool, and bam. Oh. Oh, come on now. Oh, there we go. That's why. Okay. Bam. Cool. There we go. Now we're back in business. Now we're cooking with gas. All right. So that was pretty much the majority of what was going down um, at the state of play. Again, now that we kind of go over it, I really wasn't blown away by the state of play. There's a couple things that was like a little interesting, but it wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't anything to brag about. Um, I, we didn't even re live react to it and it's perfectly fine that we didn't like, I, I'm, I'm perfectly content that we did not do this. So, yeah. Um, do you have anything to say before we jump on over to the next story? No, you pretty much just said it all. I didn't, I thought about it. I just didn't have time. Like I said, it's been a lot of current family issues, stuff like that going on. I was like, I ain't got time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel it. So keeping this show on the road, uh, and this one's just going to be like a little qu quick whip. I feel like we're going to kind of pass through this one pretty quickly as well. But uh, in case you have anything to talk about it, I do want to say that Nintendo, no E3. And yes, that was the English I chose to use with it. So George Young from GameSpot says this in the article. Nintendo has confirmed that it will not attend E3 2023. This comes after recent rumors that neither Sony nor Nintendo would be part of the event. In a statement to GameSpot, Nintendo explained, quote, We approach our involvement in, in any event on, on a case-by-case -case basis, and we are considering various ways to engage with our fans. Since this uh, year's E3 show did not fit into our plans, we have made the decision not to participate. However, we have been, uh, we have been and continue to be strong supporters of the ESA and E3. E3 in 2023 has been brought back with a new company in charge, ReadPop, uh, which is the same company that runs PAX. The event has been in a precarious position uh, during the past few years. E3 2020 was canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. E3 2021 was digital only event, which while E3 2022 was also canceled. E3 2023 will run from June 13th through 16th. While Nintendo has confirmed that it will not be there, there are some still some companies attending, such as Ubisoft. Um, there will be also... Uh, there will also be other showcases such as Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest. Microsoft will have its own showcase in Los Angeles Convention Center while Sony is also planning one ahead of E3. 
So with that, the, the funny thing is that it's, the quote is here where he says, there will also be other companies uh, attending such as Ubisoft. What has Ubisoft shown lately? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. You know what I mean? What have they shown lately that make you be like, oh, yeah, let me go get a ticket for Ubisoft. It's <laughs> like, like the good desert. We got Ubisoft. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I was just thinking to myself when he said a case by case, basically like, yeah, you've been talking to Phil Spencer too much, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just it was just one of those things where I was just like, wow, yeah. like that that's what you But like, wait, they got Ubisoft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was just like, wow, like that's the game that you there I mean now again, Assassin's Creed has always been a a, a, a flagship title for them and I get that. But, yeah, but forty minutes as a group. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, but not even just that. Like you're, you were really hard, hardcore steering aside nothing but Assassin's Creed, and it sounds like you're not really paying it because one of the issues that Ubisoft has, and I agree with kind of funny games when they had mentioned this. One of the issues that Ubisoft has is that they don't have general ideas. They don't have original ideas. So if Battle Royale is hot in the market and deep in the market, they'll come out with the Battle Royale of their own, which is very similar to like Hyperscape. Same thing for a smite. I mean, high res does this a very similar thing too as well. Like if there's a game, if there's not original ideas there. There's original ideas as far as the game itself, but the actual gameplay mechanic of it, it's it's just like you guys are instead of coming up with something new and different, you guys are just steering into what is popular at the moment, and you're doing it a little too late. It's not, uh well with smite high res studio, they kill themselves most of the time, and you are right, they do that. But they can release some stuff like Battle Royale, which I've watched like Death of a Game. Like I've brought up Nerd Slayer a lot. And he went into that because he was like, it did make sense. And they called it, what he called it is simply the high res effect mm -hmm. to where they just screw themselves over. And they make like the weirdest decisions and will doom their own game. Instead of making like Battle Royale different than Fortnite, they tried to make it exactly like Fortnite. Exactly. But yeah, but I feel like Ubisoft is kind of doing very something very much similar. Like you have Skull and Bones, which is a game I still I still want to check out to this day. I still want to see what it's about. But it's coming off the heels of uh what's it called? What's the Xbox Game Pass game? Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves, yeah. It's just like like I wanna have the more serious approach. Like, I don't like Sea of Thieves for that reason. It's really cartoony and weird. But at the same time, I like the freedom that you can have in Sea of Thieves. I like the, like, for the for the first port of uh, of uh, Skull and Bones, you weren't, able, you weren't even able to get off the boat. You were the boat. That was the game, is that you were driving a boat through the whole thing. It's like, what? So I don't know exactly what this game's going to, like, I, I'm, I'm, I still want to see what they do, and I, I think it has potential. They just you can't go any more hardcore they, than that. Yeah, they just don't have they just don't have the identity of, uh, that they have inside their games. Like, what do their games mean? You know, That's so skull. you play a skull and bone. You don't play as the person on the boat. You play as the boat. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So with that being said, no shocker here. I still want to attend an E3, especially as ALWT Gaming. That I feel like this would be a great entry point for us to go in and really kind of rub some elbows with some other journalists and be able to like kind of get our foot in the door and really expand and and maybe and again maybe even uh get some ability insider information but it is one of those ones that's just like come on e3 like y'all y'all gotta pull it together 
Y'all got to do something here because Jeff Keeley is about to run y'all out of business. So yeah, the E3. To be honest, it for me, it's pretty much almost dead. Pretty much, it's not much left there. Which is sad too, because like I like when I went, I went to E3 in 2018, and then the last E3 was 2019. Um, which because I my my goal, I think I mentioned this before on a previous podcast, but I'll say it again. So. Me and leave uh me and barely leave you. We were actually talking at the very beginning of 2018. Literally at the very beginning of it. We just literally we just got done playing a video game where I was in my apartment. We were just literally uh, after we got done gaming, we were just sitting there and just talking about video games for a while. And then somehow E3 got uh, thrown inside the mix. I was just like, I would love to go to an E3. I would love to go and check this out and everything like that. And then Levu looked it up and he's like, "Dude, tickets are extremely affordable for E3." And I was just like, yo, let's get a group. Let's go out to E3. Let's go ahead and actually try it for once. Because in my mind, I was like, I would love to go to E3 and be one of those people that can test play Final Fantasy VII Remake on the floor and uh, get to experience it before anyone else. Like, that's that's how it was for me. And so my goal at the time before all this stuff started happening was I was going to try to go to E3 every single year until they announced Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because this is before Remake even came out. And then in 2019, I was trying to arrange. I was like, we went in 2018, had a great time. It was actually really, really, really fun. And then in 2019, at the beginning of the year, we were getting ready to plan for it again. And a couple people did not want to go because they felt like that they already had their time with it. Other people couldn't go because of the finances. And I was just like, all right, yeah, let's not let's not worry about it. That year that we did not go, they announced Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I was pissed. Um, and then the following year, I was just like, all right, well, they've already done this. And I, and I, oh, and that was another reason why. That's another reason why I didn't press on going so hard is because 2019 was the first year when they announced that Sony was not going to be at E3. So I was just like, all right, well, they're not going to be there. And in my mind, I'm thinking that, well, if they're not going to be there, then Square, uh, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remix is not going to be there. Boy, was I wrong because I didn't realize that Square Enix would have their own showcase. <laughs> Maybe they'll have their own at this one. What, Square Enix? Yeah, maybe they'll have their own. Maybe I really want to see. Let me. I really want to see if they got like maybe somebody good on the list. They they, they really could. I mean, they really could because you, you have to think about it. Well, all right. So E three. Uh, I was about to say they would. They could show off Final Fantasy sixteen, but I was about to say there's a couple different things wrong with that. One, I'm pretty sure that PlayStation has promotion promotion rights to sixteen, but then two, it comes out while E three like or too close to E three. So I think that that would I don't know if they would be able to really get that off. They would, might just show more of it. Yeah, and make it's like a they could know, show, like they could show more Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts four. Oh God, I forgot about that. I haven't yeah. even played three. I haven't yeah. played none of them. Yeah, they yeah they could they could go ahead and talk about that like or any other projects that they're currently working on. Like it's yeah. it is one of those things. They could even show a little bit more information about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Which is the next installment for Final Fantasy VII Remake series? I'm trying to see if I can find any of the um, people showing up. Yeah, you might just have to go to e3.com, look at the list of people that's going to be actually attending. So, but yeah, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that you, you hate to see it, especially if you love video games. But it's just like, all right, so how are we going to get our next E3 style? Because E3 held the mantle for so long so long ever since i was a kid i just remember 
hearing about E3 and always wanting to go about it and always having to look up YouTube videos as YouTube started getting bigger and stuff like that and seeing what E3 was about. And I thought it was always just, just an amazing thing to actually see online. And I think that that would have been a really awesome thing to be a part of. And I'm glad I was in 2018 and I still want to go to more events, especially as media versus as a fan. I want to go as a media yeah. fan versus just a fan fan. And uh, it sounds like Summer Game Fest might be the way to go. So I have to look inside passes for that and everything. So Yeah, because um, I'm trying to see. I really want to. Konami unveil. Don't do this. Oh, Konami might be there. Yeah, yeah. They, there's some news that came out about Konami as well. So I, I, know, I know what you're talking about. They're, they're going to potentially... Ver- Really, uh, reveal another. Um, I think it was Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, they said that they may, but I yeah. don't know. And, was, and they confirmed that was going to be this year, so we'll see. Uh, let me see here. So, uh, Media Center. Huh? I want to see how much because tickets are available right now. Let me see how much tickets are. So, if I'm going as the industry, learn more. So, new format. Where side are you at right now? I'm actually. I'm gonna throw inside the link right now for you. Because I'm actually on the E3 page. There we go. Bam. All right. So, exhibitors, you want a space to meet others. Uh, you want to showcase your experience during the E3. Okay, Gamer Days. Um, new space So for B2B businesses. is total up to our uh, new set of lounges, full bar, open spaces, meeting rooms for schedules, unscheduled uh, meetups, and then meeting pro- uh, providers. So, making, uh, doing business easy. Okay. All right, so let's see. Let's see what this says. So if I'm getting my ticket for this, registration, email address, all this stuff, I want to go as, what are your roles in the gaming industry? So production, visual art, sound, music, quality assurance, testing, public relations, marketing, communications, sales, executive, over. Okay. Um, so if I'm, oh, I think they have to approve you first, which is kind of uniquely. So please submit two of these forms of employee slash company ID. Okay. So yeah, so they want to make sure that you're. Uh... Okay. Other. That you're not lying to them. Yeah. What companies do you work for? Yeah, they want to make sure, make sure. So E3 industry registration. Active working members of the gaming industry are invited for uh, to register for industry passes to E3. If approved, this pass will be granted a year access for all four days in E3, including industry days, which is the 13th through the 15th, and gamer days, which is the 15th through 16th. Um, those directly responsible for the development and release of the games are eligible for complimentary access, but all members of the industry seeking access industry only days must apply. So please add, okay, cool. So there's some stuff there. So that's, that is interesting. So let me see if I'm doing it, if I'm buying my ticket as a gamer. Let's see what this is. So if I'm doing that, coming soon. Uh, in-person demos, all that, coming soon. Ah, uh, it's not telling me the price. Yeah, it's saying digital showcase. Before arriving at LA, experience the digital showcase across the world. In-person showcase, witness deep dives, in-game showcases, and learn more about straight from the developers and studios and in-person demos. Get your hands on some of the latest games and experiences. So just telling you what it is. Oh, let me see. If I do it for media, what's this? Media creator registration. Confirm your email, first name, legal name, what's your job title. 
Interesting. There we go. You know what? I'm going to save this to the side because I'm going to register and see how much it would cost and go from there. So I'm going to save that for the side. So we just did a little, little business on stream just now there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I did the same thing for that. So yeah, so there we go. So I got I found the link for media, which is June 13th through the 16th. Uh, but it also says on here, media and content creator registration for E3s is now available. It, your E3 media badge will allow you access for all four days of the event, June 13th through the 16th, uh, 2023, including two show no uh, two show days not open to the public on Tuesday the 13th and Wednesday the 14th. You'll receive confirmation message on the screen when your application is complete, received by our team. Please reach out to the yep yeah. So I'm going to save this because this is exactly what I needed. Or ALWT Gaming in the event. I still want to register, see if we get applied, see if we go ahead and get through that, then go from there. That's awesome stuff, awesome stuff. So there you go. Uh, in the event, in a perfect world, I have all the money in the world. You know what I mean? We got PTO off and everything like that. In a perfect world, are you? if I do get badges to E3, are you wanting to go? I will want to, but I have to see where we're at because we got a couple of things I got scheduled this summer. Yeah, yeah, uh, of course, of course. That's something that we can talk off screen. But needless to say, I know we kind of derailed from the story itself. But yeah, Nintendo, E3, not happening. Cool. So still might see some other developers there and everything like that, other studios. But Nintendo's Ubisoft not Ubisoft will be there. Ubisoft will be there, yeah. <laughs> uh, story number three on here, Luminous get. Uh, I, I call this one Luminous Gets Enixed. <laughs> so Wesley LeBlanc from Game Informer says this in the article following the release of Sp uh, Forspoken earlier this year Square Enix has announced that the game's developer Luminous Productions will merge into the company it's a strange announcement that given that Luminous Productions was already a studio under Square Enix umbrella but now it seems like Luminous Productions as an individual entity will no longer uh, will be no more thus won't be seeing its name appear in future titles Quote, the merger is part of the company's efforts to bolster the competitive prowess of the group's development studios and a goal set forth under its current medium-term business strategies, end quote. A press release really reads, quote, Square Enix has developed uh, numerous AAA high-definition HD games and possess uh, a wealth of intellectual properties, IP, uh, and content. Uh, Luminous Production... Uh, company LTD uh, is meanwhile equipped with not only triple A title development capabilities but also technical expertise in areas such as game engine development. Combining two entities will further enhance the group's ability to develop HD games. End quote. End story. This is almost honestly almost a non story because, again, when you hear Luminous Productions, you already thought that they were under uh, they were already under Square Enix anyway. But it just makes me wonder as far as like any game that that team makes, I wonder if they'll be able to actually make it hit even more with um, on a narrative basis or gameplay basis or whatever. Because Forspoken, yeah, it didn't do too hot, but I still want to try it out because the trailer looks awesome and the concept of the story looks great. You know what I mean? Like it, it, is, it is an isekai video game, which I think that is awesome. You don't see a whole lot of that. So, yeah, again, almost a non-story, but what are your thoughts about that so far? Uh, it just means that Square Enix does not tolerate failure. <laughs> Somewhere across the line, it's probably Darth Vader choking the guy to death. <laughs> we do not tolerate failure. Force choked him and then just took over the company. 
You now belong to Square Enix. I guess. Um. <sighs> the problem is, um, trailers always look good. Like I've went to so many shows and so many movies and so many games where the trailers look awesome. Meanwhile, the game isn't, and this is one of the problems with the stuff nowadays and why we're stuck and why we keep having these instances like this where you will end up in like a I still hesitate to say it but a cyberpunk situation where the hype factor goes well beyond the um, what it actually is mm-hmm. and this is just a good example also of one of Forspoken like I know it's quite I've seen quite a few Izakai games and this one looked interesting. It looked interesting but from what I heard. I'm still trying. I mean, I'm waiting for it to just drop on sale. Which shouldn't take that long. But, um... This sounds like, to me, they failed. Square Enix just came in and just took the whole company over. I was like, we're, we're going to pretend this never happened. We're going to just pretend you. You just, just, just take that company logo down. Hmm. Take it down. You're just Square Enix now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I think, yeah, I mean, again, I, I still want to try uh, Forspoken, and I'm right there with you where I'm just like, I am, I do want to get it. I am going to get it. I'm just waiting in price, or if I get, like, an influx of cash and just could be like, all right, let me go ahead and get this. And, man, there's a business write-off right there. <laughs> like, just buy it that way. But it's just like, uh, it's just one of those things where it's just like, yeah, I would like to try this out, see what it's about kind of have my own thoughts and opinions about it and then can share that with you guys on a, on a future stream. But this too is the big problem with this and they're not really going to tell a failure because a lot of people won't buy them like they're supposed to. The thing about it is the higher in price you go up with games, the more you should expect from them. Right. And this is why I do get mad and you heard me complain a lot about the price of the game. It should be priced to content. If you're gonna charge me way more money because the game is what seventy dollars, seventy five, seventy six dollars counting tax and all that, and I'm still getting the same amount of content of far from a sixty or even lower, then we have a problem. I, from what I'm understanding with this one, it was buggy and it was quite a few things that most people said didn't really like the main character. I've heard stories about that. Some people said it was just it was just too much of a standard isekai and not like a you know a it's own one it, I heard a plethora of complaints but it's still a game I want to try out on my own and see yeah but, but I know that now one of the things that Luminous has been great about doing is the communication factor of it they have been taking their feedback from their fans and been trying to apply it and I think that the last update definitely helped it out quite a bit that's but, that's not an excuse and this needs to stop we do not I mean I understand there are certain games like a No Man's Sky situation but this is ridiculous because somebody was just talking about that I think it was the angry video game that I was watching them a while back where games are coming out and then receiving massive patches because they knew the game wasn't ready we don't need to keep receiving betas yeah and then just going here we'll, we'll, we'll patch it up as we go no, you need to test the game, especially for 70 bucks. You need to test the game, then launch the game. And make sure the game's functioning. I understand about patches and fixes, but the fix should not be the whole game. And it 
keeps happening over and over and over again. Somewhere along the line, you've got to call. You, you got to call it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I do agree with that. I mean, like, because again, the price of the seventy dollars price point, I'm not. I don't really. I'm not upset about that because technology has been more expansive. But to your point, you need to make sure it works. It can't come out broken. It can't come out like I need to. I need to make sure that this is worth my seventy dollars. It can't just be a, a thirty dollars experience and you're charging me forty more dollars on top of that. It can't be that. Absolutely cannot be. So I I agree with you. Um, story. The last official story that we have here for the day, and then we got a couple fun ones that I'll I'll give to you guys in spurts because we're kind of running low on time oh, here. Yeah. No, you're good. Uh, so we have Final Fantasy four, uh, 16 goes pure action, baby. Let's go. Steve Watts from GameSpot says this is the article. For more than a decade, Final Fantasy has been gradually shedding parts of its turn-based RPG roots and embracing more of an action-oriented direction. It was only a matter of time before that focus on the action took uh, precedence over the role-playing elements, and it appears that Final Fantasy 16 is finally the moment the, the ratio has flipped. As a longtime fan of the tr- traditional Final Fantasy games, I wasn't quite sure what, this, uh, what to think of this development. Uh, I'm going to quote there and put in my own two thoughts. I'm right there with them, like because I... Again, yeah. I, I actually haven't been the biggest turn-based person, especially growing up. Um, but then when I gave Final Fantasy eight a try, because I, I again, you guys are on my my story. Tried seven, hated it. Tried eight, loved it. Went back to seven. Still didn't like it until we got to a certain point. But when I gave seven, uh, when I gave eight a try, loved it. Came back to seven, enjoyed it. Then ten came out, enjoyed that. So like like I, and those were all turn-based style games. And uh, so yeah, so. With that being said, the story, the characters, the length, the design, the music, like literally all that inside of a Final Fantasy game is what molded into a phenomenal uh, series, which is Final Fantasy. So them going away from turn base, I get where this person's coming from. Uh, I do as well. Yep. Back to the article. The turn-based classics are still some of my favorite gaming experiences of all time. But after an extensive hands-on with the game, I've come around on this direction for uh, for the series, or at least this entry in it. If Final Fantasy is an action franchise now, at least it's shaping up to be a darn good one. Uh, this isn't to say that the game lacks fantastical elements like mythical beasts and magic spells, but those are used to be complement of the story in action rather than a layer of the menu abstraction. Uh, the fictional high fantasy world of Valistia, uh, an extremely small number of mortals are innately uh, gifted as dominance, hosts of the supernatural icons, uh, which longtime Final Fantasy fans will recognize as summon creatures like Ifrit and Ramu. Uh, icons are essentially uh, weapons of the mass destruction, and various nation states uh, use use their icons as symbols of their power and culture. The dominants are respected, feared, and sometimes even exploited by their respective nations as implied threats of icons keeps other nations in check. The protagonist, Clive's brother, Joshua, was given a place of honor as a dominant of Phoenix as the aspect, uh, the aspect of fire. Clive's journey, is one to, Clive's journey is one of revenge as an attack from an invading army and a mysterious, previously unseen icon left his younger brother dead. I am actually very... This is... I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about this all over again. There's a couple things that I do wish was because there's a little bit of confirmation that was inside the preview that happened 
earlier today because that all happened today. So there's a couple things that was mentioned is that one of the things was you have to play as Clive the entire time, which is neither here nor there. In other games, you could do that. That's perfectly fine. Uh, but I was like 13. Well, yeah, yeah, but but even in 13, you didn't choose who you were, but you actually was able to. You played as Lightning. You played as Snow. You you played as other people in that one. This one, you're strictly Clive the whole time. You do have party members, but they're AI. So again, kind of going back to 13 as you were mentioning. I I I'm I, I'm a huge fan of allowing to control my party, allowing to give them armor, allowing them to give them abilities and upgrade their abilities and stuff like that. Like I like the Dragon Age aspect of it. I like the Final Fantasy 10, 7, 8, even 15 aspect of it. Um, even 7 remakes. I mean, now granted, 7 remake is a remake of 7, so it's not really that much farther off from that but i like the way that that goes where you have a party and you feel like you're going with that party um so there's that and then i'm very curious to see how magic is going to work in this game because that's that was also a huge element for me in final fantasies love the magic system in there um and i'm also kind of curious to see how long this game will be because at least for me back in the day whenever i played final fantasy 7 8 or 10 I wouldn't beat it in a in a month. I wouldn't beat it in two months. It would be like three months minimum of me playing that game. And that is again, I like because that was before YouTube, so you didn't have these little walkthroughs and videos of show you how to X Y Z. You had to either go out there and you had to buy the guide or you had to figure it out. So that was some of my my favorite. Like that one, if a game takes me about three months to beat it. Two to three months to beat it. That is money well earned, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like that, you're not wasting seventy bucks on that. You you just upped it. Now, fast forwarding in today's day and age, if I start a Final Fantasy VII original now, I could probably beat it in like two weeks. And it's because of the resources that's at my fingertips now. Um, with that being said, Final Fantasy VII remake, I beat that in a week, but that was me strictly like. I, I had a full week off work and I did nothing but when I woke up, played Final Fantasy VII Remake literally until I went to sleep. Final Fantasy VII Remake. With the occasional break here and there. But a week straight, I literally just played it and loved every minute of it. And if I played that casually, like I'm kind of approaching for 16, it probably would take me about a month to beat it. Two weeks, uh, two, three weeks to a month, I would say. Um... So I'm very curious to see how the lengthiness of this game is going to be, and if it's if it's going to kind of give me that nostalgia in a new age fashion for Final Fantasy 16. But what do you think about all this? Because the the biggest thing I'm hearing about Final Fantasy 16 currently is that if you are a fan of Devil May Cry 5, you're going to be a fan of the battle system in this game, which ironically is the guy that uh, did the battle system for Devil May Cry 5. Um, I don't know. Um, oh, actually, I, um, let me ask you this: Are were you planning on picking up Final Fantasy sixteen at launch, or were you waiting? I'm definitely picking up Final Fantasy sixteen at launch. Yeah. Um, it's sometimes Final Fantasy scary when it goes outside of what it is. Like normally, when I check out a Final Fantasy, most time, even I, even when I play seven, I couldn't really beat fifteen. I could play seven. Seven had an excellent the seven remake. I I'm also gotta gotta clarify here. <laughs> seven remake <laughs> has an excellent system. 
the um the battle system feels really good. It doesn't feel like turn based like eight where you're just watching your character stand there and just yeah. take hit. And it it's crazy because it is turn based still technically. It is. Yeah, yeah it still doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look or feel that way. Um, ten didn't feel that way either. Uh, ten, I was able to tell it was turn based though. It was turn. Yeah, you could tell it was turn based, but um, it wasn't as bad. I don't think it was as bad. You didn't watch like your ATB fill up. Like, come on, like yeah. like you knew who was coming up next. And we're like, come on, you're waiting for a little line bar to fill up to try to. To try to heal your characters, like come on, I gotta get my Mega Phoenix before he hits me with a light sphere. The difference <laughs> with ten, though, the difference with ten, though, is that there was no ATB. It was strictly on like a roll basis because, like, uh, I remember this because I tried to pause my game when someone came to my door on Final Fantasy yeah. Ten, and you can't pause it because it's not like if it's your turn, you just don't attack. Just just leave it alone, and then you can do, go do whatever. And that's yeah. essentially the game's pause button. But uh, but yeah, there is no there is it's literally on kind of like a roll basis, and then depending on if you have haste or sloaga or something like that, then that would enhance your roll and the, it'll be your turn a little quicker. But yeah, you, there wasn't really like there wasn't an ATB meter at all, like there was in seven and, and uh, like there was in seven and eight. Yeah, but I'm also too a bit intrigued. I'm still want to pick it up. I feel like they do very well normally. I mean, yeah, there was a couple of them that wasn't as good on Final Fantasies. But I feel like, um, even with 15, I didn't really like the characters. The battle system still felt kind of fluid itself. Yeah. You know, the teleporting in and stuff. Yeah, the world is still very beautiful, too. Um, so, I'm still down. I'm a bit, I'm, I would say, I'm still very optimistic on this one. Like, I still am down to give it a shot because I do like for them to try different things. And I am... I've not really played a lot of Devil May Cry. I'll play, like, Devil May Cry 2 and stuff. But I am definitely... I want to give it a shot, even with the new battle system and all that. So here's to them. I hope it works, and I I want to get my hands on it. I want to see, like you said, see how the magic system works. I want to see how the summons work. How do you do summons now on this? Well, and that's the, that's the beauty about it. Like, all right, so if you get a moment to, and, if you, and uh, like for yourself, but also for anyone that's listening right now, definitely check out Kind of Funny's uh, podcast with Michael Hyam about his experience, the preview experience of this, because he actually mentions that. He said that there's a time period where you have to fight a, a person, and then they'll transform inside this icon, which is a huge summon, and then you're fighting like this little, you're this little Clive fighting this huge icon, and then somewhere between the fight, you transform and it's just this huge real-time action battle in some uh, some instances and you're just fighting straight up and it's just it sounds really really cool like i'm very i'm very sold on the aspect of it i'm even more sold that now i can see kind of where the story is going it's a revenge match <laughs> like his brother joshua died and that's like i wanted to know what the what the the connection is between joshua and clive and now i know like, one's the younger brother, which it sounds like Joshua's the younger brother. Clive is the older brother. And now Clive is out there ready to wreck stuff up because his brother was killed or, or whatever the case is. So it sounds very, very interesting. Sounds very dark to me. But I, I don't know. Like, I'm very... And then one thing I also want to mention out there, too, as well. Um, the director of Final Fantasy sixteen is wanting gamers to stream this game. That's the in intent that they're having. They want you to... 
to be able to have that capability where you're going to stream it, have those reactions. Because people stream Final Fantasy fourteen all the time, especially for the story. Well, fourteen like MMOs usually will get a lot of streams. Yeah, um, yeah. One of the bigger MMOs, like WoW, you see that one gets streamed yeah, a lot. The they hold tournaments. They do tournaments for that. I wanted to actually. I don't even know if Final Fantasy fourteen has like a like. I know WoW has like an MDI or Mythic Dungeon Invitation or whatever stream to see you know the fastest. And or have an arena. I wanted to see if six uh fourteen had that. They do have a PvP arena, they do have that, and then they also have a dungeon crawler, which uh Silent always brings me into. I'm not the biggest dungeon crawler person, but whenever I do run with them, I always have a pretty good time with it. Um but yeah, they do have they do have some they have a quite a, I mean it literally is a virtual world, so a, a very similar stuff that they have inside World of Warcraft, they have something similar to it in uh Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, one of the things I do like about Final Fantasy fourteen is the fact of the Golden Saucer. <laughs> I just like it because it reminds me of Final Fantasy seven. I, I spent a lot of time in the Golden Saucer. So, yeah. Ah, so, if you had to put it on a scale of 1 to 10, where's your hype factor for Final Fantasy six sixteen? 16? Uh, it's an 8. Mine is, you already know, mine's out of 10. Easy 10. I'm just very curious to see how this is executed and I got to see exactly, I already have it pre-ordered. Um, I just got to see what my schedule is going to look like around that. Cause I do want to dedicate time to just play it. I don't know if I would stream it per se. I might stream it, but I know that I just want to enjoy it. I want to dive inside that world. I want to play final fantasy 16 and, and, and complete it. <laughs> That's all I want to do in life. That may actually be a good idea. I just thought about something I might have to stream. 14 while I'm finishing it. That might help me to finish it. Oh, there you go. And if and of course, if you jump on any dungeons, I'll join you. I still have my membership going. Mine is still going too. I just <laughs> gotta play it. A couple fun ones for you guys, and, and we'll end on this note since we only got about six minutes left. So I'm going to read these all kind of relatively quickly, and the, uh, there's only one that I really kind of want to talk about, but even then, I'm not going to really talk about it. So the first one, fun one, is going to be PS3 gets an update. Wait, what? Jay Brody Schreier from Game Rant says this in the article. The latest PS3 update. I'm going to pause it right there. Yes, PS3. Not PS5. Not PS4. PS3. So the latest PS3 update is now available to download, adding some minor improvements to the aged console's performance. Despite it not being sold in stores since 2017 and already having two successors of his, uh, of, of this writing, uh, Sony continues to add new updates to the 7th generation PS3 console. Though major support will discontinued, uh, was discontinued last April. Uh, one, of the, one of these surprise PS3 cannot, uh, came not too long after Sony's reverse controversial decision to shut down the console's PlayStation Store in the summer of 2021. This firmware patch only contained a few minor performance tweaks. The later version, 4.89 PS3 update, added a new password requirement for PlayStation Network, as well as removed the ability to create an account on the PS3. These downloadable PS3 firmware updates have naturally been few and far in between, and it may, came to, it may come as a shock for the un uninitiated that Sony would uh, continue to make changes at, to a console that has been off the market for nearly six years now. So if you guys are curious about that, if you guys don't only have a PS3, there you go, a little update for you, 4.89. They make an update to the PlayStation Vita. <laughs> Vita's dead completely, unfortunately. Uh, fun one number two, potential Starfield showcase. 
Eddie Makuchrub says this in their article from GameSpot. Microsoft Starfield Showcase might be announced any day now. According to the reporter Andy Robertson, the Starfield Showcase announcement may be imminent. The announcement might be made soon, according to Robertson. Robertson reported this on February 24th, but no announcement has been made as of yet. Microsoft announced in January that Starfield would get its own special showcase in 2023. Microsoft didn't include Starfield in the January 25th developer direct event so it can give Starfield enough time and space to shine. Starfield is one of Microsoft's biggest games in the year in years. So it stands behind it stands to reason that the company wouldn't want to shoehorn it in any other event. Quote, to dedicate the proper amount of time for a deep dive into Bethesda's game studio Starfield, a standalone show is in the works, Microsoft said in January. Just when this, this show will air, however, it is unknown at, at this stage. The game is expected to launch in the first half of 2023 on Xbox and PC, following a delay uh, from 2022. Starfield will not have a native Xbox One version, but will be available on the console via cloud gaming. So if you guys are looking forward to Starfield, we might, we might be getting some news here soon. Um, well, just real, real, real really quick. Yeah. Um, this one, I'm just going to really say, Starfield has to make it because, to be honest, I was just listening to IGN or something like that. They said this is going to be one of Microsoft's newest franchise that they've had in years. So this one has to be big. So, yeah, they're going to put a lot of attention on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Mortal Kombat 12 is coming this year. Luke Plunkett from Kotaku says this in the article. Warner Brothers, this is not this is not how it's done. <laughs> there are rules and guidelines in a place for how video games are revealed in 2023, and quickly mentioning it in passing on a phone call breaks all of them. That's exactly what happened earlier today, though, when among a flurry of other news, like in fact we're getting more Lord of the Rings movies, uh, when we are really uh, needed was just to be left in peace to watch uh, the good ones until Elrond voice in the long years of our lives utterly spent. Uh, your, your Warner Brothers president and CEO David Zaslav uh, let it slip and the new Mortal Kombat game is coming soon. So anyone that is, or coming, so anyone that is curious about, the, that would be crazy. If we get Street Fighter 6, Tekken 8, and Mortal Kombat all in the same year, That'll be this will be the year of fighting games. And we still have Project L that's supposed to be on the way too as well. That's crazy. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And then the last one, Legend of Dragoon patches. Luis Prada from Game Rant says this in the article. As emulated version of the PlayStation Plus classic, the Legend of Dragoon uh, that became available on the PlayStation 4 and PS5 for PlayStation Plus Plus Premium sub, uh, subscribers. That's kind of hard to say. A PlayStation Plus Premium subscribers last week has been updated, uh, has been patched to fix a number of problems. That's according to fan, uh, rendered the game unplayable. JPR, uh, JRPG fans uh, that were eagerly anticipating the last, the chance to play Legend of Dragoon for the first time in 20 years, were dismayed when they were greeted by a series of game-breaking bugs. The Legend of Dragoon is a turn-based JRPG made by first-party PlayStation developer Japan Studio which has been re responsible for some of the most influential games ever made, including Parappa the Rapper, Gravity Rush, and, Legend, uh, and the legendary Shadow of Colossus. Uh, Japan Studio released The Legend of Dragoon in Japan 
uh, December 1999 and eventually released it in the United States in 2001. When, Le when The Legend of Dragoon never quite captured a wide audience, it has still developed a small but passionate fan base that has been itching for a legal way to play the game on their modern uh, PlayStation consoles. No, they don't have to use the mods no more, <laughs> no wrong. The recent PlayStation Plus Premium release made that dream finally come true uh, until technical issues sullied the experience. But now, those uh, issues have been resolved according to that this post. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our our uh, story for the day. That's our show for the day for All Things Gaming, Episode 6, 2023, Season 3. Uh... Be on the lookout for any new stuff that's going to be happening with LWT Gaming because we're going to be start cooking up some things here very, very soon with kind of getting back to our SIN segments, to our 9 to 5s, uh, to our all-day anime discussions, even just like random movie discussions that we're going to be having, things that we're watching on Netflix, Hulu, Crunchyroll, Funimation, if you still have your Funimation, Amazon, High, high Dive, so much more. Uh, and of course, make sure that you guys are utilizing that LWT Gaming discount on Sports, R-E-P-P-Sports.com. Type in Gaming at checkout. Get 15% off. We got a lot of stuff that's going to be happening here this year. And we want to make sure that we are defining ALWT Gaming uh, as the one place where you try, where we try the hardest. Because at least we tried. Until next time, everybody. Control, alt. Complete. Peace, love, and hair grease. Love you guys. Once again, I'm Malachi36. This is It's a Nine Ball. Signing out. Later. <laughs>